Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey everybody, David here and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. In this episode, we're joined by Chris Clotier, the co-owner of Golden Rule Auto Care in Rolette, Texas, and the founder of AutoTextMe. Chris has graced the cover of magazines and is a regular guest on several industry podcasts. In this conversation, he opens up about the current supply chain issues and we discuss whether dealership techs are really better than independent technicians. This conversation went a little long, so we're going to break this up into two episodes. This is part one, and now, here we go. How you doing, Chris? Doing all right, man. I'm uh, I'm staying busy. I'm sure, like uh, you guys as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is it hotter than forty hills in Texas? It is, man. We've been experiencing. I think we're on like forty uh, something days of. I don't know. I I, I guess forty something days of over a hundred. Like Holy we just. Holy cow! Yeah, we just keep hitting hundred and hundred and hundred and hundred and hundred and hundred plus, intense, dude. That is yeah. absolutely intense. We were in Charleston. Um, so uh, Rick White had his uh, inner circle meeting in Charleston. Okay. And, uh, dude, it was like, you know, 94, 95 degrees, which is nothing. Except, like, you walk outside and you have to push the wall that is the humidity to get through the air. You know, like, it just sticks to you. Right. Um, and, man, it was a good time. But, golly, it was so hot. I went to the beach the day after. I'm like, look, just going to go chill for a little bit, hang out. Dude, it was so hot. You like People were leaving the beach. They're like, it's too hot out here. Nice. <laughs> Holy cow. I never knew that was a thing, you know? But it was. It was. It was right? Hot. Yeah. But. Yeah. No, it's gotten here where, dude, I mean, this is, that happened in a while to be, uh, I mean, it. so back when we opened the shop, and this is probably right. 11 years ago, 
Oh, it's 11 years ago, 12 years ago, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, 11 years ago, 12 years. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, somewhere in there, somewhere, somewhere in, there. in there. But we uh, experienced the same type of heat. So it, right. it's been a while since we've experienced this type of heat, but it was just like 30 days of over 100 consecutive days. And, and, and at the time, we were like, oh, man, it's driving in AC business. What right. we didn't realize was wouldn't really drive, you know, I mean, the shop, when we took it over, they maybe had two cars a day. So we right. probably doubled that to five or six. <laughs> right. That was, that was driving in business. So maybe <laughs> we did five. It. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we did five AC jobs like the whole summer, but like it saved our bacon. Right. right. I mean, if yeah, it would have been hot, like we, we would have been screwed. Yeah. So, dude, yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. And, and so I, I don't know. I mean, I look back and I think kind of the same thing. Um, like I remember buying my first AC machine, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, and like I remember the first couple of jobs that I got. And I'm like, man, I'm glad I did this. Like, look at all this work I'm doing, you know. <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, do I need a fourth one or a yeah, fifth yeah, one? yeah? Like, yeah. where do I fall in here? But yeah, I, you know, I just ordered a um, I ordered one of the hybrid units that does like the because you got to yep. be able to flush them out so you don't yep. put the hybrid whatever oil in there. Yep. Um. And I ordered one of those and they're like, yeah, it's, uh, it's on like a 18 week back order. And I'm like, is it chips? Is it what, you know, like, why is it so far behind? They're like, no, we just sell a bunch of them. I'm like, dang dude. Yeah. So, so let me know how it goes. I got another guy up North and he just bought one of them too. And right. he said, and, and he, so he's been using it for a couple of weeks and he said, it's pretty awesome. Really? Like, That's cool. Yeah, he likes he he likes it. So he and I'm like, because because we've got the you know we got the two different types and ah dude even fixing the you know fixing the the old ones now I mean and we can put in the shop get in a couple days and now it's man we might it might be gone for they might be gone for months now so we that's forced us to buy you know some newer ones and we bought new ones for both shops this just this year just because of that like do you we, think we, that we're like facing a lot of this stuff because manufacturers see that as an opportunity i mean you wouldn't think that's so a great because, question no, know, like i mean that they don't have the capacity to sell the stuff right but but do you having a shortage um of equipment or supplies to sell, does that increase the overall demand? People feel like it's in more demand. So it's kind of like they're holding it back. I mean, it's just like these stupid lifts, dude. I was so frustrated. And, and you know, it was actually brought up a couple times. I kind of feel bad about it. They're like, you know, you got somebody else's lifts, right? And I'm like, yeah, my <laughs> lifts were supposed to ship in January. Yeah. And they called and said they're shipping. And we said, hey, can you hold them for three days? So like it falls at the right time. I think there was a storm coming, whatever. Yeah. And they sell our lifts in the time that we, you know, in that time. Yeah. And, um, and so they're like, well, this, that, or the other. And dude, I, I don't know if somebody from the place that I bought it called rotary and said, Hey, listen, these people have a podcast or they have a Facebook group or, or what yeah, you don't want to piss them off. Right. But <laughs> they, they eventually they're like, Hey, listen, we'll, we're going to make this right. Don't worry about it. We'll get them shipped. Right. And lifts that they were saying were going to leave like the end of August shipped the beginning of June. And everybody's like, yeah, but that's not fair because of this, that, and the other. And I'm like, dude, like I had to get them. Right. And, and if, yeah. if I hadn't had that ability to, 
you know, whether it's, it's the podcast or whatever made it happen. Like, dude, I could have been in real financial trouble if we hadn't got him in here and been able to see what, what got me is. Lucas and I have been telling you about parts tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your parts tech account, go to my shop and click on the rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. Is that the lifts are drawn on the plans. Yeah. And so the inspector, and I do not think he is right, but I did not feel like fighting about it. The inspector is saying for us to get our CO... Oh, the you need list, list has to be wired oh. in because they're on the plans and they're permanent structures to the building. So, yeah, therefore, to pass our electrical. That's dumb. But, yeah, I could see where, yeah. I mean, what, what are you going to fight them? You're right? not going to win. <laughs> no, I know, right? <laughs> so, you're right. Yet, so, whether I, that's dumb or not, like, yeah, you. that's interesting. Wow. That That is the one part of this process that has not been measurable. Working with the county and the inspectors has been a breeze. They've actually been, been cool. super cool to work with. And I did not expect that to be the hardest or the easiest part, right? I expected that to be the hardest part, but it has not been. They've been very, very accommodating. We're going back to your question. It's a good, good question, right? So I, I'm, I'm in the process of potentially looking for another house and I, I, right. and, and, I don't need one. Like now's the worst time to, to buy one. Let's just yeah, say that. No, right? It's like the dumbest time. But trying to help a friend out and, and uh, you know, just so I'm like, man, what? And this goes to cars. It goes to everything else. And housing is just stupid. But yeah, you, you wonder, like, why is it that people like, why has this got all stupid? Um, right. And, and OK, so so are the manufacturers, they've already taken the hit on selling the car like they can't go sell 2020s 2021s like that's it, done right i mean the, right. the manufacturer can't go back in time and now so what they used to do is they used to you know build all these you know millions and millions and then you know try and sell them all and then they have to have a fire sale at the end of the year for the next ones to come in whatever and i understand the shortages and stuff but you wonder like man i so it's it's a good question are they purposely are people purposely holding back now because they're starting to say, Hey, well, actually we could shift to different things like straight to consumer. 
Right. There's right. a possibility. Well, so here, here was the question I posed a while back, right? Like we, we were at some events and the hotel service stunk, right? Like uh-huh. it was, and we're not talking about cheap hotels, right? We're talking about nice hotels. Yeah. Yeah. And the service was just not there. Right. And, um, and I find it interesting because we were talking about, you know, what if McDonald's has, and, and I say this because I know somebody who has a McDonald's and this appears to be the case. Uh, what if McDonald's has like a pile of, of applications and they're like, yep, sorry, don't have enough help. Can't open the waiting room. Can't, you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. can't serve you as fast. Also made just as much net profit with half the staff and actually, oh, sorry, I'm making more now. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing more with less and it's even more in demand because I'm, I, I can't serve as many people. So they're spending more money. Like, you know, in, in the tourism business, they say it's like, uh, where we look at hours per RO, they look at hours per visit. Like how long are you spending on property and, and paying for food and, and whatnot. And I think there's a limit to that as far as how effective that is and how much it makes a difference. Uh-huh. But, you know, like this weekend, really interesting um, experience. So I went to uh, the the first event was at a Hilton, right? Uh-huh. And man, you could have like they were super nice. But if you needed something, boys, you you better be ready to wait for it. Right. Oh, like, really? It OK. Was, yeah, okay. it wasn't going to happen. It oh, was it was clean, but it wasn't like it was. It just wasn't that Hilton service you're used to, right? Mm-hmm. And so then I left and I ran up um, to another hotel. It's called Wild Dunes. It's a resort. And man, we went in. I took Benji Burris and his wife with me because we they were in the same area I was, and they they rode up and we just went up there and hung out for a little bit, got some food, stuff like that. And like from the time I walked in. Man, the customer service was a million times better. They were really excited. And it was this young lady, and she's talking about the fact she's doing an internship and how cool it is to do an internship on the beach at a place like this. It's just amazing. And, and you know, she's telling me about where she's from and all these experiences she's had. Whereas at the Hilton, you walk in and they're like, well, what do you need? Yeah, What's your name? You're right. What do you want? You know? And so she's like, Hey, why are you here? Tell me a little bit about yourself. I'm getting you checked in. She's explaining everything. And so, you know, I go check in and we go to dinner and there's this guy and he is the restaurant manager. Now he stops and speaks to us no fewer than four times. And I was saying, Hey, look, we do some events down in this area. We're thinking about doing something in the spring. You know, do you have event spaces? And we get to talking, we talk for over an hour. And it's the three of us standing here talking. And he said, you know, he said, it's really interesting and and really a privilege to get to work here. And I'm like, dude, it's owned by Hyatt. Like we're talking about holiday in here. What do you mean? I'm confused. And he said, listen, he said, the executive chef has been here for 21 years. He said, the sous chef has been here for 10 years. He said, the bartender has been here for 15 years. And I'm like, do what in food service? He said, every employee of this organization has been here for a long time. I am the newest employee aside from like interns and, and cleaning staff that may rotate in and out a little bit quicker. He said, I've been here for a long time. And I'm like, so you've been here for a long time. He said, yeah, I've been here five years. And I'm like, dude, what, what's the secret? Like what, that's not something you hear in hospitality. He said, they give us benefits. He said, they, they give us extremely well. Exactly. He said, you know, if we leave here today, 
and we want to go on a trip. He's like, we don't have to like work really hard to book somewhere else or whatever. They'll, they'll hook us up and they'll just give us a room somewhere else. Here you go. And it's not like a cheap little room. They put us in a nice room. He said, they just treat us well. Nice. And I'm like, dude, that is so crazy. And you know, we were in Charleston, we went to Hall's Chop House and you go to other restaurants and it's like this really cruddy service and you go to Hall's Chop House and dude's serving like 120 people at the bar. And I, 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 he was doing such a good job. I said, dude, I said, if you ever want a job as an automotive service advisor, I'm like, <laughs> gotcha. right. You know, we, we pay our guys really well. And he said, I bet you don't pay them $175,000. Really and I'm like, whoa, really? Yeah. He's, like, yeah, He's like, the bar makes the money, buddy. And I, you know, it was so neat to see that because there again, the owner came in and spoke to everybody. It was about the experience, right? It was not about the job. Right, right, like right, it's right. not. I'm doing a job. I'm. I am part of an experience. I'm part of something bigger. And I thought that was really cool. That sounds that exhausting. Cool. <laughs> hey, what's up, David? Sorry, my mic what? wasn't working earlier. That sounds exhausting. Do you imagine like having to create an experience for everybody that comes in the door? Like at some point, you're just going to be tired of people and be like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care that it's your anniversary. I don't care. It was somebody else's anniversary yesterday. It's yours today. Somebody else will be in here tomorrow. Guess what? We all die. Who cares? <laughs> but you <laughs> hate people. Yeah. That is about to say, hold on, dude, David, I, I gave this, we had this trainer for auto Texby and we hired him away from a shop and he was like, dude, I'm done. Like shop. He, he was a single guy lived with his dog. All his bills paid. Like, cool. We'll hire you. You already know the tool, love the tool, love Craig. He's like, I'll come work for you guys. Work at home. I'm like, perfect. So we hire him. Within a couple of weeks, he's like, man, like this is, there's not a lot of people to talk to us there. And I'm like, no, I mean, we Zoom, we chat. And he's like, yeah, I'm really a face-to-face person. I think he lasted three months. And, he's, and then he went out to one of our, uh, our client site and the guy hired him, hired him for <laughs> 100 100k he said i'll pay you 100k to come back to come be a service writer for me and i wouldn't pay him 100k and and i said are you man, really he goes dude I, I no offense i hate working at home i hate being alone i what and i'm like really you're gonna go into the chaos of a shop again at the counter he goes you know what me being at home i realize i love it oh right so right. there are those people david <laughs> there are those people yeah well i mean it, it's like this bartender in this in this restaurant right like it, it was neat to watch because he was setting up 25 and 30 drinks at a time, yeah. right? Like he was setting cups, setting ice, pouring liquor, whatever it was he was doing. And he, I mean, he never stopped. He was just like constantly moving. And it was interesting because as he's handing out a drink, he's reaching behind him, grabbing a ticket, handing them the ticket, grabbing another drink, handing it, handing the ticket one right after another, you know? And it, it's unbelievable how he was keeping up with well, it. Well, hold on. Now that he's staying busy though. That's not the same thing as having to sit there and like do like, talk to somebody care about people's lives. Yeah, when you like don't. exactly. Small talk. <laughs> I'm allergic to small talk. I hate it. And so, like, I've got to sit here and and make a connection and you know care that you're yo you're on vacation. Oh, that's so nice. And as opposed to just like running a thousand miles an hour and you're just making drinks and you're, Hey, what do you need? Okay. This, that, and the other, you can be friendly about that. That's great. I'd do that every day, all day, run a thousand miles an hour. And I would be perfectly happy as long as it never gets slow and I have to stop 
and start asking questions. And so, where are you from? Oh, that's great. Oh, you got a dog. I got a dog too. Let's talk about our dogs. No, I don't care. I don't care about your dog. <laughs> do you, hey, Chris, do you need a shop in Kansas? He would sell his for half a honey bun. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm good i love it like kansas uh, yeah. i also had this other theory the, so i'm like how is it that like housing prices has gone like everything continues to go go up i mean look right. we're we're in inflation right we're 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 in a recession although it's going to be redefined yeah come, dude come tomorrow like I believe yeah. it's it's going to be redefined. Uh, they're already re- redefining it, but come on, they redefine gender. So let's let's redefine. Our <laughs> oh, you so, got David fired up and didn't even know it. <laughs> all right, that's fine. I don't want to don't want to go there. But I'm like, where's all this money coming from? And you know what, people, I it goes back to cars. They can't go get in debt if they want to because they can't go buy yeah a sixty eighty thousand dollar car. You can't find them. You can't, you can't buy it. You can't. And, so therefore, they're 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 driving up the price of everything else. So it's good for us, but it's like bad for us because I think that's what's killing everything else in the industry. Like that's what's killing housing prices. It's killing because people got to spend their money. So like, hey, let, let me go buy crap that I don't need because I have all this extra money because I can't go buy a six thousand dollar car. Well, and and so I, it's interesting. I watched a video today. And in this video, Are car sales down. Oh, I mean, they've got to be. There's no cars. Sorry, I had to jump in there and interrupt you. Your story was probably going to be boring. So, I was car sales. <laughs> <laughs> Are car sales down for really? I'm asking. I have no idea. That's a great question. I'll we, Google it. The assumption is that we the car sales are car sales are down because there are no cars to be sold. Is that what it is? They're just jacking up the prices. They're selling fewer cars. At a higher price. Well, there are. So, so we knew about the chip shortages and stuff, right? Like, and we, we saw the, what was it? The Ford sitting in the lot in 2020 or 2021 that couldn't get the chips yeah. to, you know. So I don't think any of that's work, worked itself out because still when you drive by the dealerships, their lots are not as full as they were. So according I just don't to, think there's the inventory. According to Mark lines.com us new vehicle sales of 1,147,279 units from the month of June represented an increase of 2.8% from May, 2022 and a decrease of 12% from one year ago in June, 21. Yeah. I'm looking at Y charts and it's like, it's 15%, 24, this is all negative, negative 15% year over year, negative 24% year over year, month in and Starting month in 2019? Uh, the end of 20, towards the end of 2021, when we started seeing inflation, like really start going bananas, all of a sudden the, the car well, sales started going really negative. And you know, everybody was going after these vehicles, but at some point you stop and go, I was complaining about this the other day. Well, not Lucas to you, maybe, I don't remember. Yeah. You're the only person I talked to. So it was like 150,000 mile Tahoe, $25,000. Who's paying those yeah. prices for a, a clapped out Tahoe? Like, who's doing that? Right. And, it, and right. they were at the beginning a year ago. Now people have come to their senses. Like today I had a guy approve $3,000 of work on their 200,000 mile Prius. Now to me, that makes sense. I'm a, I'll drop yeah. 3,000 mile, $3,000 on a older Prius because I can get another 100,000 oh, miles yeah. out of it. But 
people have actually stopped and started thinking, you know, I shouldn't be spending this kind of money on this old of a vehicle with this many miles just to get into something different. It doesn't make any sense. So this is just a shift. Are we going to end up seeing these dealerships close down? That was the Aaron Stokes thing, right? Like just wait for the recession. All these dealerships that have 26 bays and 26 technicians are going to cut that uh, that payroll in half. And all of a sudden, those 13 technicians that aren't working any longer are going to show up at your door looking for work. And you're going to get flooded with technician applications. And you're going to have the pick of the litter. You think that's going to come? Interestingly enough, I have seen a little, and I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I have seen the, the, so f- we, we went at some kind of ups and downs when it came to people, but in the last couple weeks, month, yeah. I have seen people, I, I had a guy who's very certified tech drop off uh, a resume and then We've been able to fill some slots. We've had a couple of young guys come in as general service. I've had some resumes come to me directly. Three of them come directly for the software company, which typically I maybe get one, one every couple months. That's what it seems like. So, and then I talked to a buddy in the restaurant industry, and and so I'm a little. Uh, it's a it's a Christian owners. It's 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 called C12. It's twelve other or eleven other uh, Christian based businesses they're all over the place they're they're anything from landscapers to restauranteurs and this guy's a restauranteur and he said the same thing he said man last couple weeks we've started to see more people come through the door for open racks because they were way down and they're starting to be able to stop back up for management and other things so that's really interesting because what i was going to say about that video was they were talking about there's more available jobs than ever right and GDP is beginning to decline. And so they, they talked about how it compared to previous recessions. And they said no recession's ever been comparable to another recession. Like that's sure. not been a thing. Sure. But they did point out that this was a very unusual scenario. And they talked about the ways that that we may see market growth that we've not seen before, or we may see market decline that we've not seen before, based on the fact that this scenario could lead to a, people filling these spots in the market, or it may lead to because American corporations have more money than they've ever had before sitting there. It may lead to them saying, we're just going to ride this out, right? And and so I think a lot of, especially smaller shops right now, like mm-hmm. I don't think dealerships run a very sustainable model. And the reason I say that is because I think a lot of them have treated their people so poorly that it's the first chance that those people get that they see something um, rewarding somewhere else they'll leave. Right. I talked to mm-hmm. a lot of dealership people, dude, they hate their jobs. They really do. Um, I, I know there's a few that don't, but it seems like it's really the, the financial aspect of it that keeps them there, you know? Yes, and so it just makes me wonder if like one day we're going to look up and they say, you know what? I could probably make as much at an indie shop and these guys, man, they're, they're crashing and burning. I'm just going to go to an indie shop. You know, maybe that's true. I think their perception of indie shops is so poor that I don't think a lot of them are interested in even I'd, considering. Bingo, I David. I was going to say the same thing. I think out of school, if they're groomed, 
from the UTIs and the, and the different schools that, that those, unfortunately, we've done a poor job, including me, of yeah. getting that connection early on in that journey. And, and the dealerships are very much connected to that initial school journey. And we know because we're like, eh, if they go to UTI, who gives crap? Like, we don't care. I, but I they can do. agree with right. that to a degree. But I will tell you that one of the things that I've picked up on from all of the dealer techs I know, one of the reasons that they didn't want to go indie is because they're used to working on one brand. It's fairly new. They've got all the specialty tools. Those are the focuses that they have. It's not necessarily that they look down on us. It's really almost a fear thing. Like, can I still do my job as well as I do here, there, you know? That's interesting. No, they, I, look so down, I, they look down on indies. Get out of here. I don't know who you're talking to. They're just, you look down on indies, bro. <laughs> I look down on everybody. That's not the point. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you're you're just talking to people that are being nice to you. I, I'm telling you, they, they, are, they are talking trash on indies. They do it to customers. I hear it from the customers. They come in and right. they tell me the stories. And I'm like, man, that that's a trash dealership. They're, they're terrible. They have terrible employees. They have terrible customer service. They have terrible technical skills. I don't know why they're talking trash, but that's what you end up seeing. Hey, remember remember the LinkedIn post where, where those guys are on there? Like, you guys don't even understand what automotive training yeah. is. Yeah. We're, we're, we're doing very advanced training, unless you've been trained in the dealership. I'm like, dude, I promise you don't have the quality of training that we have. But, but I, 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 post, I pose this question to you guys. If, if we know this then why are they still booked out two, three, four weeks? Customer out. perception, a hundred percent customer perception. They, they think that the only reason why I'm going to go to an indie is because I need a discount. I don't want to pay the prices. And, and I sent you that reel, uh, Lucas, this is, this is a extremely popular TikToker, right? And she was, she's a appliance repair tech and she's talking about her vehicle breaking down her, I think it's a Chevrolet. I don't know what it is. And she says, oh, I took it to the shop that I normal, normally take it to. And they're great. And they're super friendly. And they're very knowledgeable. And we had this code. And they put the part on that the code said uh, the car needed. And it didn't fix it. So they said it was over their heads and that I needed to take it to the dealership. Uh, Are you kidding me? Nice. Now, I know. And this, <laughs> this, tic, this, this TikTok probably has 500,000 views, right? And that's the perception. She just said that they were knowledgeable. They're not knowledgeable. They threw a part at it, right. didn't fix it, and that's be, that's over their head. Why is it over their head? That's a, that's insane. But that's, yes. that's the perception amongst the, the consumer, you, the normal dude, consumer. what's the TikToker's name so we can all go watch the video? <clears throat> I, I, don't, I have no idea. What, look it so, up. So, we need so, to know. So going back to that whole theory of, well, if we hit a recession, like, are the dealerships going to, I think they're already, we, me and Lucas were kind of talking about this, right? Things have already started just so they're for the last, if, if car sales have been down and their lots are empty, which is out there where they're making the bread and butter by just having people come in and sell them and, Hey, let me knock five. I mean, they were making money. They were making a bunch of margin on those cars, but they were making money right. off those. Like they were making money off of service and we know they've been pushing. I mean, they fix everything now. Chevy fixes everything. Ford fixes everything all these dealerships now fix everything customer perception is still there that the dealerships where you need to get it fixed. So I don't know. And then they've been slimming down. I mean, dealerships have been cutting in half and in half and in half 
uh, I don't even know what the last count is, but I know it was like when I counted, and this was a couple, I think it was two, two years ago or whatever, it was like 16,000. That was down from like 24,000, like a couple years before that. So, yeah, because the perception is still there and the indies are still dirty and you got TikTokers saying <laughs> that they're knowledgeable and they're not. Right. I don't know. Uh, a, I don't know that they're going to come all walk into our door. I'm just saying you, I am starting to see more people in the labor pool. Uh, there, there definitely are. I've gotten more uh, applications here recently than, and I wasn't expecting any of them, right? Like I've not put anything out there except for like an advisor position. Uh-huh. And I got a lot of people reaching out here recently. So, you know, for me not to even be trying and getting um, resumes sent, you know, it makes you say, hmm, that's odd. Um, so are, are you, is auto text mean any dealerships? Let me ask you that. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. They don't listen to this podcast, do they? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I guess we'll find out if I get an angry, angry titled email. <laughs> Poor Chris. He had no idea what he was signing up for. <laughs> oh no, I did. Oh, did oh, I did. <laughs> I did. Oh no, I did. I absolutely uh, did. I'm like, man, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it'll be fun. let's let's be honest, right? I mean, sure, I was on the front of a magazine, but we know that was a misprint. i've got it it framed it's on my back office wall man it's a it's a you one day that's gonna be worth a lot of money because when they admit their mistake it'll be like damn it damn it it, it." that's it hey i need a signature right here chris (laughs) the tiktoker Uh, is renee the appliance repair tech Renee, the appliance repair tech. So everybody go make sure you comment, let her know that we talked about her on the podcast and it's not (laughs) cool that she thinks that way because she clearly needs a new independent shop. I mean, no offense at all to those people that own that shop. All the offense meant to those people. What are they doing? (laughs) Who just throws a part at it and says, yeah, well, you know what? It didn't fix it. And here's what is like, this, this hurts my brain. She's a repair tech. Is that what she does? Does she just like, oh, you know what? Uh, this code popped up on the on the screen. I'm just going to throw this part at it. Oh, it didn't fix it. Send it back to Samsung. Is that well, I mean, she and, doesn't and, do that? Like she pulls out the voltmeter, checks the circuit, says no, we don't. We've got a broken wire in here. We'll pull out the broken wire or replace the circuit board. She she fixes the appliance, and somehow that doesn't translate over to vehicles. That doesn't make any well, sense. So- so listen, I was talking to Todd Compton the other day and he had this really interesting experience and, and it makes me think of this exact scenario. And, and we always think because we know the right way to fix a car, right? We always think that that's what people want. They want it done correctly, but is it possible that they don't care? And, and my point is, is Todd had a gentleman come in and they got the initial testing and they had to go back and say, look, you've got issues that we can't determine within this initial testing. We need to do these additional tests, right? And the gentleman came back and said, I would rather pay you $2,000 for parts and labor than I would pay you another $130 for testing because I think you're trying to rip me off. Yeah. And they said, wait, like we're trying to prevent you from having to spend more than you need to spend why would we do that? Like we're trying to prevent that. And he said, well, because you know, I know that people that do that are ripping people off. What? And, and so is it, is it possible that, is it possible that it's consumer perspective or is it simply that it's 
No, it's a, every. I, don't know. I mean, it's that's every what they single want. trash shop that doesn't put any notes in their RO. That's what it is. It's that. It's I had this guy bring me a vehicle from another shop, and he said, "Hey, I just dropped sixteen hundred dollars at this other shop. They put a timing belt and water pump in this vehicle. Now they're telling me it needs an engine because it's still overheating." And I said, "Okay, can you tell me what test they ran to determine that it needed a water pump?" And he goes, "I don't know. You just looked at it." I'm like. Okay, what's the RO say? He brings me the receipt, and it says diagnostic testing one hundred dollars. That's it. I, I don't think he even nice. said diagnostic testing. I think it just said diagnostic, which drives me up a wall. And so, no, no notes, no reasoning, no hey, I step one, step two, step three, nothing. Just hey, diagnostic needs a water pump. Guess what? I was wrong. And now he thinks he needs a head gasket. He didn't need a head gasket. I think there was a bad thermostat installed. But the guy was upset at me because I'm like, hey, we're going to run this test because I need to know. And we ran the test. We're checking it with the with the thermal imager. And we don't we didn't have any flow across. We had flow across the radio, but it was like the bottom radio hose was colder than the, something like that. I, I can't remember. But we told him, hey, we're going to need to install a thermostat. And he's like, oh, they just put a new one in there. It's like, okay, then it's bad. We need to put another one in there. And he got upset. He wanted to leave. He's like, I'm just going to find a different mechanic. I was like, okay. <laughs> he wanted me to tell him it needed a head gasket. We checked it. It didn't need a head gasket. Yeah. But that's he had well, he had it in his brain that that's what he needed. And, and that's what so it I, is. It's these it's these shops that are not putting any information in there, and and they're not articulating what it is that they're doing when they're doing any kind of testing. I, I had a guy today call and said, "Hey, I've got the fixed app," and the fixed app told me that the car needs an oxygen <laughs> sensor. Oh, Jesus! And and Juan like Juan called me, and he's like, "You got to listen to this phone call." And we listened to it, and Brandon is one of my texts standing here. He's losing it because the guy's telling him he's like. This thing says what it needs, and nice. it says it is four hundred to six hundred dollars, and not to charge me any more than that. And and we're oh, like, well, we still need to figure out what's wrong with it. And he tried to do the zip code thing. It's like you don't know my address if I just give you a zip code. That's what the code is. It's a zip code. We still need to find the address. And he's like, no, this thing says four to six hundred dollars. I, I guess you guys just don't know what you're doing. I'm going to have to call a different shop. <laughs> I guarantee you, there was a shop that would take the work. Yeah, we'll Absolutely. throw we'll throw the yeah. We'll, there you go. And, and hey, gladly I mean, you said, okay, you will find a shop that will fix it, exactly, but it won't dude. be ours. Exactly. And and look, <laughs> I've I've got a truck that has been here three or four different times. And it's a really great client, but the situation was we were booked out and he had to go somewhere else a while back. And dude, this truck has been back to their shop like three times. They put a water pump, they put a fan clutch, and they put a thermostat in this thing. And it continues to overheat. And we're like, listen, we can't, it, it's very, very intermittent. We've, I've been sending it home with people and they drive it back up the mountain when they come in. And, and we're like, listen, the only thing that we can find going on with this is that at random, the fan clutch, when it should be on, will not be on. And then at other times when it should be off, it's on. And so like, you'll be driving down the road, all of a sudden it'll come on and roar really loud. Or then you'll be sitting in, at an idle. And the temperature will start to climb and the fan clutch won't come on, but then it, you shut it off, start the truck back and the fan clutch won't cut off. It'll run all day after that. And, and so we, I took it back, personally took it back to the shop after the third time it had been there and said, look, I keep having to unlock his thermostat. Y'all put a safety stat in it. I keep having to unlock it. So it'll, it'll have engine temperature, 
but occasionally that fan is not acting right. The thermostat test out, I changed it just to be safe. I, I was tired of having to take it out and unlock it, you know? And I said, look, you need to put a fan clutch in it. The fan clutch is the problem. You just replaced it. He takes it back. Okay. It's been to this shop three times and they've charged him for a thermostat replacement three times in a row. This time it comes back and he says, man, he said, it smells like it's hot, but it's not getting hot anymore. It's staying really cold all the time. Guess what? Yeah, you got it. Anyway. I want to throw out a good quote. This is this, 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 not from the customer perspective, because I agree, Lucas. I think at, at some point in time, the customer wants to remain not blissfully ignorant, but they right. don't have time to care about anything that we do other than fix my car. Yeah. But how technicians get in trouble, it's a it's it's an Epictetus quote, and I love it, right? It's the one that says it's impossible for a man to learn what he thinks he already knows. <laughs> Amen. And, and I think that's – these. You know, we, we talk about the – I mean, you guys know this. You guys go to training. Y'all go to – y'all, y'all are, you guys are industry men. Um, we see the same people. Yeah. Over it's 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 over what, like this industry. 1%? Yeah, this industry is several hundred thousand, and we see yeah one, maybe two percent, maybe three percent throughout the year, maybe um, pushing uh, the same people that are challenging themselves. But you get those other people that, and I've seen it in the tech industry. And in, in there is ageism that happens in the tech industry when you start getting older, and it has to do with the fact that you're probably the whatever code you grew up coding or whatever methodologies right. that you knew you 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 probably haven't switched to the latest and greatest and, and it changes you, all the time yeah and the young guy in school has right he's privy to the cloud and the new fancy fandangled you know things that come with that new technology it's just it i don't think it moves as fast with um cars but it's moving faster Right, so the, the technician doesn't want to admit that they have no idea what they're doing. They're not going to admit that. Person pulls up in their parking lot. They're like, "Yep, those parts at it, didn't fix it." Right. But how many times does it does it fix it? Seventy percent um, of the time. That's what it is. That's a, that's a great quote. That's, it's probably it right. Problem, You're probably right. That's how like all these chains do it because they're not yeah. they're not spending the money on a diagnostician and bringing in a bunch of diagnostic work. They're not doing that. Like they make money on brakes no. and suspension. That's what they do. And maybe a gasket here and there, and then that's it. And so yeah, code comes on. They're going to throw the part at it. Oh, it didn't fix it. I'm sorry. You're going to have to take it to the dealership. And so. All of the thousands of people that they see every single year have that perception. Oh, it's it's normal technicians and in the dealership because they know what they're doing. Because that's where everybody sends it to when they can't figure it out. And the dealerships are trash. Not the ones that use AutoTextMe, but the rest of them. <laughs> the rest of them are trash. They don't know what they're doing. If the car's not three years old and is exhibiting a pattern failure, they're lost. They're lost. Not all of them. I had you, know, a, you have a 1%, but 99% have no idea what to do. I had a lady, uh, She she this is a couple of years back, and, and she had a problem with some stuff that we did and some diagnosis we did, and we, we weren't in the wrong. We, we'd done everything right and, and handled it right, and you know, but she wasn't happy. And in the course of the conversation, at some point in time, I was like, ma'am, I have ASC surgery you know, trained certif- certified technicians, like they were, they're required to spend a certain amount of time training. You know, we, we have this great warranty. Like we, we, 
we pour all this stuff into our guys to be the best. I mean, and she goes, well, you're not better than the dealership. And I said, no, ma'am, we absolutely are better than the dealership. And she goes, what? I, I can't believe you're saying that. You are telling me right now that your shop is, your technicians are better than dealership technicians. I said, yeah, absolutely. Not even a question in my mind. And she said, I, I can't even believe that you're, like, she was shocked. Like, I had cursed her whole perception of, of you know, her religion or whatever. I was, it was interesting because I've never, like, but let's think about this. Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple technicians that worked in the dealership. So technicians come from dealerships. They go to independents and independent guys go to dealerships. It's the same techs a lot of the yeah. times, right? No, no, I mean, yeah. I've, I, they, they go, well, they go from, they school. typically don't go back to dealership. Yeah. They go from they school to dealership, to dealership, to independent from independent to HVAC techs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Working in a factory. And, and you know, how, how much of this goes back? Now, I almost yeah. had a tech leave to go to a dealership, and I was able to talk them off the cliff because I'm like, really? You want to go back there? So that's so I can't just – you're right, David. I can't justify that, but I almost had that happen. If it happened, I could have said it with complete confidence, but you're right. Most go into probably HVAC. Well, what is it they say that, that you teach people how to treat you, right? And so Absolutely. one of my big things is, is like if we're looking at it from that perspective and we're saying, hey – we teach people how to treat us. The consumers right now are looking at auto repair as I don't really care if it's a hundred percent. I don't really care if the car is perfect. I want the freaking thing to run. That's what I care about. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't even, they're in, they're probably okay with 50%. Now I am not okay with 50%, right? Like I want a high quality product. I want to know that that car is properly fixed, but does the consumer care that I took an extra 30 minutes to spray down their valve cover and make sure it was completely clean and it had no grease on it. So I could tell if it was leaking later, they don't care. They would just assume not pay for that. Now until there's a problem, right? But, how long have we as an industry allowed that to take place? How long have we been not educating our clients? And in a lot of ways, can we ever expect that to change? Because the service advisor at the dealer, the service advisor at the chain, you know what they're going to say? I'm not paid to do that. You don't pay me to educate them. You pay me to get the sale. I don't care. Right now in my shop, it's different. Like they're, I, I've explicitly laid it out that you are here to educate your client. That is your job. But but until we start educating clients and leading them in the right direction, is that ever going to change? And are there more clients that just say, look, man, Mr. Mechanic, man, just fix my damn car. I just want my damn car fixed. I don't want to pay you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Just fix my car. Whereas, you know, they go to a resort like I was at this weekend and they spend $1,500 on a dinner for them and their wife. And they, they, they're thrilled about spending that, you know? I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. 
If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.